Well, joining me now with further insight on the day's market activity is Nessie Chetty from Stanlip. Thank you so much for your time, Nessie. Um, quite a different picture in the U.S. markets from what we saw yesterday. And of course, we're really seeing just across the board a generally positive mood. And we've had quite a lot of economic data prints coming out globally uh, in the U.S., U.K., and also here in South Africa. Is this maybe uh, the kind of sentiment that says, you know what, the news still isn't that great, but at the same time, things are moving in the right direction? Yeah, thanks, Anati. Uh, good evening to you and your viewers. Uh, I think if you look at markets, there's still quite a bit of volatility in markets. And, and, and while markets were firmer today, uh, we saw modest gains from U.S. equity indices. Uh, there was quite a bit of economic data that was out today. But if, if one, I think, sifts through that data, data, investors are still very much divided uh, to some extent on the direction of monetary policy and corporate earnings, especially in the U.S. We'll see quite a bit of earnings come through through next week. Uh, but I guess the direction of that is likely to be down. Uh, but the magnitude of the earnings falls will probably give us a better indication uh, on the possibility of a recession and, and how hard that recession could be in terms of a, a soft versus a hard landing. Yeah. Uh, I think most people, if we look yeah. at look at markets, are still focusing on indicators of growth and inflation to assess where the Federal Reserve and other major central banks are, uh, are headed. We saw quite a bit of inflation news also out today that maybe points to some easing, but overall, I guess the headline number is still high. Yeah. What did you make of the local print? Uh, because we did have an easing to 7.2% uh, in December from 7.4% in November. Um, you know, you look through those numbers and you still you see that food is through the roof. And although fuel has uh, the, 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 the pace has has slowed, but it's still at double digits. And but you are still seeing quite some encouraging signs. So what did you make of that print? Look, I, I think if we look at the, the overall inflation basket, I mean, we did expect a little bit of softening. Um, as uh, oil prices moderated globally and also in SA as well. Um, we're getting some of that feed through. Uh, I guess if one looks at forward-looking indicators for inflation, the big concern is that we've had massive amounts of load shedding and outages that as a result potentially now in maybe food inflation staying higher uh, due to things like the poultry industry that's experiencing, mm -hmm. um, I guess, more cullings on their side. Uh, so that's been unplanned. Um, that's likely to come through, I guess, in, in, in higher consumer prices um, and likely to maybe drive the overall inflation basket slightly higher. And certainly agricultural inflation, I mean, the component of that that contributes to overall inflation is something that we're expecting to pick up. Um, I think if one looks at SA inflation to other inflation that was released today, and UK inflation also came out, although that eased and moderated to 10.5%, the food component is still high. So, so the current drop, which is due to, on their side, maybe fuel and clothing, um, while, while there's been some, some softness, other categories like restaurants and hotels are still increasing. Mm. Um, I think one must remember with inflation that developed markets haven't had to deal with high levels of uh, inflation that maybe other emerging markets like South Africa and Argentina um, have maybe got accustomed to. But there's certainly a cost of living increase that's building in some of those developed markets. Nessie, retail sales in South Africa, do you think uh, those numbers are high enough considering that it was Black Friday, we had a 0.4% rise uh, year on year and 1.1% month on month? 
Yeah, certainly. And I guess the phenomenon of Black Friday, I mean, it's now spread out over the month of November. Mm. If one looks at those retail sales, they were up about 1.1%. Mm. And that's in an environment where there was still quite a bit of electricity outages. The market was expecting about 0.7, so it is a positive print. Okay. But overall, if I think at, if I look at shopping activity, and we see this in the property numbers as well, shopping activity struggled to gain momentum uh, over the last 12-month period. Um, spending has declined uh, by 0.1%, but given high inflation and high interest rates, uh, income is declining, so which is likely to put pressure on retail sales um, and also consumption going forward. The one thing I would maybe caution is that some of that buoyancy in retail sales that you've seen has be, has, has re- happened because of an uptick of credit. Um, and you see that in, I guess, unsecured credit, which has picked up quite mm. aggressively young year. Ah, talking about sales and consumption, let's talk about Richmond. They came out with a sales update uh, saying that in the three months uh, ended December, their sales um, uh, accelerated 8% and on a nine-month basis, uh, 18%. Of course, uh, quite a uh, significant growth there. Really, uh, Asia-Pacific, uh, that region was the only one that was in the negative. So just looking at what's happening right now in China, could we expect better numbers going forward for Richmond? Yeah, certainly, I, I guess if one looks at, at China first, I mean, it certainly started on a more positive note. I mean, after China made a complete U-turn on its uh, zero COVID policy. Uh, so the policy has been eased quite a bit. And, and also they've relaxed regulations on tech companies as well and, and started opening up the economy to foreigners. So this has seen, I guess, a massive re-rating in resource luxury and some tech counters. Um, and, and you saw that, I guess, the last, last week. So there's expectation now of improving demand coming out of China. Uh, and I guess historically, when you've had these big global recoveries, I mean, China has contributed uh, to that. Richmond sales, if, if one looks at it within, and it was a third quarter number that they re- released. I mean, sales were up 8%. Mm. Uh, for the nine-month period, also quite healthy at 18%. So on, on constant currency exchange rate, they're going quite nicely. But uh, the sales growth was across all the distribution channels. Um, but led predominantly by retail and online channels. So we're still seeing good double-digit growth. Uh, I guess with the easing of, 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 of uh, controls in, in China, um, you'll start to see an improvement and, and, and a pickup in demand as well. I think what, what was also interesting is that notwithstanding the strong top line they've had, they're also building up quite a, quite a big cash base. I mean, net cash now in that business is close to about five and a half billion yeah. um, euros. But all regions outside of China grew quite nicely. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, let's get to your stock pick for tonight, Nessie. Yeah, so, so we, we're still very much concerned about, I, I guess, high inflation in 2023 that starts to moderate um, and potentially in an environment where we have a recession and there's a soft landing. We prefer companies where the earnings base is fairly resilient. We think a company that's maybe derated too much last year is, is Equitas Property Fund, um, which has a portfolio that's um, split between SA um, and the UK. Uh, mm-hmm. If one looks at the, the dynamics of the logistics sector, uh, we think longer term it will continue to be a beneficiary of long-term structural tens, uh, which will drive demand from both occupiers and investors. Although the prior year did see weakness in most logistic companies because of a rising cost of capital, uh, we think with the retracement of those bond yields uh, in key markets like, like the US and the UK, 
you could see a re-rating on, on any of these. And, and one must remember, I mean, these companies, these are companies with long duration leases, typically 10 years. Um, the debt is, I mean, there's, on the debt side, it's very well-structured maturities with low levels of gearing. So in, in that market where there's, um, uh, I, I guess, a bit, bit, of, bit of a growth, mm-hmm. one can't uh, ignore the sustainable growth or the underlying quality uh, of this asset base. The valuations are very attractive. Yeah. Uh, I think when yeah. a company like Equitas gets to a 12, 15% discount, to NAV and and the and the forward yield is close to ten percent. One one can't ignore this, given that I mean it's it's a very primary logistics yeah. where we see still yeah. good rental growth in the market. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time and that analysis today, Nessie. I appreciate it, Nessie Chetty from Stanlib.